And we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the stress and effect because a couple of guys in their 30s decided that late 20, that age is a big lie. And it, it's the one that I tell all the time. And, and I, there's a long story. We don't have enough time for that. Part of this is follow through with the old adage, sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. I am your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble all over the place. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name. That's S-H-U-J-I-N. And, uh, hi. This stuff. We'll get to that. Let me go ahead and uh, fill you in on who we got for us uh, at the moment tonight. And if anybody's kind of worried that I seem off, yeah. Yeah, I am. Top left-hand corner of North American continent, where I have no idea what in the hell is going on out there other than uh, he's on, and the internet lines are working. Dallin, hi, good evening. Good evening. And as for what's going on, well, I discovered a new music form today. Oh, good Christ. Yeah. Now, I live in a fairly... I'd say ethnically diverse neighborhood, which is fine. You know, uh, get to encounter all kinds of different cultures and all of that, which is really cool. What did you uh, do today? Ray? Oh, no, no, it wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. But earlier tonight, I'm sitting in my living room, having dinner, watching TV, and suddenly some music starts filtering in from across the street. Now, again, as I said, fairly ethnically diverse. So, you know, a little bit of Middle Eastern uh, vibe going on specifically um, Indian music which is fine got yeah. nothing against it but today I heard the same kind of music filtered through auto-tune folks that's a level level of WTF that amazingly it worked but at the same time, it was like, wait, what? What the hell was that? I will just go ahead and say that I wish there were some MLP fan, I want to say musicians, but it's kind of hard for me that would learn that autotune can actually be beneficial for some people. Midwest of the U.S., down into the right from Dallin. Bridget, hi. Good evening. Hi. Good evening. Yeah, it's stuff. And uh, jumping across the water over to the European continent. Joseph, good morning. You made it just in time. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, just waking up. <laughs> to be expected. Uh, I, 6, 11 a.m. here. Yep. I have, uh, I have no coffee of my own right now at the moment. Uh, I... Had a I had a moment earlier where uh, well what I do is uh, I I will I will boil almost sorry almost boil a, uh, a a tea kettle worth of water and I've got my coffee grounds in a in a funnel with the uh, with a metal strainer and just do a do a, a whole big uh, whole big pitcher. And put half, or more than half, actually, at that point, into a very good insulated thermos, and the rest goes 
well, in very quick succession into me. And uh, earlier today, I seem to have had less coffee than I thought that I should have. And I was very concerned because I didn't remember drinking that much coffee. And I asked, and, oh, yeah, I, I had a little bit of coffee. I hope that was okay. It's like, <laughs> fine. I mean, I, it's not a big deal. It's just a matter that I thought I was going a little bit nuts that I drank more than I thought that I did. And it wasn't me. Everything's fine. <laughs> so, you know, it's all good. Fine. And he well, blames I, me for introducing him to coffee. So, whatever. <laughs> I can tell you, I, I go through a pot with a pot. So, yep, yep. And then the pot goes through you, so it's all good. <clears throat> and Europe. It's the circle of Coveve. I'm just gonna leave from there. It's the way it's gonna work. Yeah. Oh, so, boy. hi everybody. Uh. Yeah, this is, um, I figure I might as well just get this out out of the way now and, and just be done with it. Folks that have been with me for various different incarnations of entertainment that I would like to think I provide know full well that May is, May is my bad month. This month has been especially difficult because of everything going on. And yes, I know the whole being trapped in, being worried about everybody in the world, including people, you know, just around the block, which in my case, around the block is, you know, a couple hundred meters down that way. Uh, and the other one is a close to a kilometer the other direction, whatever. Anyway, for me, May is difficult, especially because the 22nd is the date that my wife died from a rare form of cancer, and this year is the 15th. I don't like to use the term anniversary, but according to the rules of English language, that's the correct term. So... I've got that. Uh, I've got uh, I've got my little one, who is, you know, uh, about to become a high school graduate. We worked a lot of years to get him to this point, and it's a lot of things have been kind of piling up on me. Normally, the weekend closest to her death date. I would be doing a 36-hour radio stream marathon, which, Dallin will attest, usually ends up being closer to 41 hours, just yeah. because of timing. Because it's usually uh, the Friday night show, which is itself three hours, and then the 36 hours start, and sometimes there's a little bit of extra, because at the end of 36 hours, 40 hours... You're a little punch drunk, and it's kind of hard to say goodbye to the whole damn thing because, well, you, you try running a, a, a marathon like that sometime, and you see what you're like at the end of it all. You want to talk about a runner's high at the very end of it all, hit, hitting through that and just being, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, 
I've done well, that enough. I've done that enough years to know what that feeling is. And, and I think there's a bit of momentum involved as well. Oh, that's true. You know, like you're you're in the groove. You know, you've got people having a good time, <clears throat> and you almost don't want to announce last song because everybody's just having too much fun. Which I'll grant you on a catastrophically smaller scale, <laughs> but it's something that I'm starting. No, but it's something that I'm starting to deal with uh, in, in my own. Um, I don't know. Can you really call it a career? Sure. Go for it. But, well, you know, I mean, I started at two hours and then I thought, okay, why don't I go two and a half? Because there's a lot of events that go on on a Thursday. That's my usual night to do stuff. And I figure I could become an after party spot. You know, when, when everybody else is, when, when everybody else is done, they know that they can, they still got 30 minutes of some guy who tries his best to look like he knows what he's doing. Uh, doing that kind of thing. And then a couple of weeks ago, I started on that and I said, okay, last song. And everybody's like, oh, I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> you know, so so I kind of did the whole, you know, I, I kind of went passive. I was like, okay, fine. This is fine. And it happened again last, this Thursday too. Um, I'm I'm really worried that there, there's going to be some serious scope creep happening in the near future. It, it, it is what it is, and you know, yeah. don't, don't sweat it too much. So, um, if you kind of wonder why I might be a little scatterbrained, or at the very least, a little bit more than normal, uh, what can I tell you? Uh, as much as I try to believe otherwise. I am not Superman, I am not invulnerable, and I'm gonna kind of lip my way through the next ten days or so, give or take, so it, it, it is what it is. I'm here, I'm... I'm not okay, but I'm here. Sometimes maybe that's just good enough. So anyway... So as usual, thank you for being with us. Uh, I know for well over in the live chat, Stephanie had uh, had asked, uh, I hope you're okay. Uh, I think that I've pretty well answered that at this point. Um, for the most part, you know, uh, collectively, I think that, you know, with the, with the current diseases that we have to concern ourselves over, uh, I think otherwise we're doing pretty okay. We've, we've not been anywhere over the triple domain. So, you know, we're, we're the closest thing we've had to a visitor was, uh, we had some deer outside the back door earlier today. That's, that's about it. Uh, Dallin was saying he had to go out to do a little bit of shopping cause kind of had to, um, otherwise, uh, I, th I think we're all in pretty, pretty okay shape physically. If, if not kind of touched in the head, so that's 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 a good start right there. You don't have to be crazy to do a show like this, but God damn, does it help? No, no, you actually do. You actually do. Trust me. It's um. It's a requirement. Yeah. Mm. Yep. You gotta be crazy to do a job like this. But uh, if you're crazy, you can't do a job. I feel like I've read that in the book somewhere. It's probably some kind of a tech manual. I think. Whatever. Anyway. 
There's a handful of people right now that are just... Uh, yeah, I know. I know. That's the level of, of dad joke you're going to get tonight. <laughs> Which means, you know, real low. So we'll go from there. Uh, well, now... Okay, uh, Stephanie just uh, just put something over there, and right before I get to the uh, freestyle, I had a parcel delivered. Instead of a signature, the guy took a photo to prove delivery. Great idea, as it meant he did not have to get too close. I agree. That's freaking great. Actually, um... That's actually pretty badass. A couple of weeks ago, I got a package, and instead of ringing my, my buzzer... <laughs> Um, he sent me a text message because my phone number was in the, in the details Good with a picture of the package sitting in the lobby saying, Hey, uh, this is so-and-so from such and such a company. I just delivered your package. It's right here now. I'm like, okay, two minutes later, I went down and picked it up. But as I was coming back up, I thought that's kind of an interesting way of doing things. You know, being able to do stuff like that is great. Uh, being able to, um, Eliminate the 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 last delivery touch, if you will, by using drones to take it from the backside of the of the vehicle, remote it over to the door, and then you know not not have to worry about you know that last you know the yeah. the last delivery touch. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, I I, I will agree with you on that. But I mean, it's it, well, it's better than the it. It's better than the the floaty delivery system we were talking about last night. Imagine well, just shoulder mounted. We talked about a, a thing that was basically a, a shoulder mounted um, flotation device. Launcher. 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 That's that's the yeah, important part. Basically, this, this thing, folks, was a life jacket bazooka. Basically. Well, it, it was it was a Derringer bazooka because it was an over under. Yeah, that that's true. Um, with a range of over a hundred meters. Yeah, with a flare dispenser. Oh, did it have a flare dispenser? I didn't see yeah. that part. Yeah, there was a there was a flare dispenser on that. So basically, it's something out of Quake. So have fun <laughs> with that. There's a, there's a handful of people who are just like, what? No, no, I'm sorry, not Quake. Wait. Unreal Tournament. There you go. Yes, I still have Unreal Tournament 2004. Why? I don't know, because it doesn't like running on the, com- the... They use an old audio system that is no longer supported on Linux, and it pisses me off. Whatever, there's a long story. Long story. Long story. Let, let it go from here. Anyway. So, how about I just go ahead and just uh, get rolling on stuff because uh, it's going to be fun because that's kind of the way the things work. So with, uh, let's just go ahead and roll with five minutes on the clock. Your five minute freestyle starts right now. Uh, credit. There is a, there's a line from, uh, there's a line from a movie. Uh, the name of the movie is Running Scared. Uh, some people have seen it. It was the 80, 86, 87. I forget which year it was. Gregory Hines and uh, and uh, uh, Billy I Crystal miss him, yeah, Billy Crystal. Uh, I, I Gre- Gregory Hines for somebody who was uh, 
primarily a dancer and not exactly known for being a, a comedy guy. Man, he was good. There's a there's a there's a point where there um, there are a couple of cops in Chicago. They're uh, yeah. They get trapped in an alleyway. A couple of guys have uh, have pilfered their police car and are driving down the alleyway at them. And the two of them are just like, "Well, pff, this is this is perfect. Now we get to go ahead and just you know do the typical '80s cop thing, which is you know get a nice wide stance with your feet and just you know your thirty-eight snub nose six shooter special because you know that's what you had at the time and they start arguing about, you know, who I, 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 I'm the one that got him. What are you talking about? You missed all six shots. All of mine hit. I don't know where the hell you were. I was the one that made him swerve. Oh, you made him swerve. Now, the one guy that they've got who's handcuffed to them has got a big mohawk on his head. And is, you fuck is a sick. His, his street name is is Snake. Snake. Let me let me explain something to you. From here, the angle of trajectory is. Look at who I'm trying to explain this to, Mister Sats. But the one guy is just like, I just want credit where credit is due. And we all do. Credit is, you know, it. Yeah, you you could be thinking of you know credit card. No, nobody really wants to be dealing with those right now. But credit where credit is due, is pretty important and you guys know for well that I you know a couple of weeks ago talking with Tracy and and talking after the fact you know the the next week about how you know I don't put people on a pedestal but I want people to understand that you know they've they've got an important piece that they've done and it's known and it's respected and credit where credit is due, man. Sometimes it's respect. You know, I've I've said on many an occasion that, you know, were it not for cash, a number of the shows that have, well, uh, no longer in production currently, wouldn't be, including this one. So I give him credit for basically kicking my ass. And rightly so. But one of the things that he did with uh, with with kicking my ass was basically telling me, you know, if if there was one person that you could that you could help, that you could that you could find comfort to, I'm, I'm highly paraphrasing a second. If you knew it was going to be a huge investment for you in time and resources, and and maybe you lose a lot of people, a lot of friends over it but you knew that you'd be doing the right thing. Would you do it? For just the one person? Yeah, I've told this story before, of course. I mean, how could how could you not? You know, and it's like, well... I got... I got contacted by somebody. I had somebody get in touch with me that was just like look i i i need i need to talk to somebody and you of all people seem to be the person that seems trustworthy enough you seem to have your head on straight enough and think that you're somebody that i can kind of 
divulge stuff to and get a, a good ear and good, good feedback. I don't know if that was the one that Cash was talking about. It might be. I don't know. It's possible that the, the, the rest of the run of the show is just gratuitous at this point. I don't know. I don't care. Because if I'm wrong, then there's still one more out there somewhere that we need to help. I don't know who that's going to be. I don't care. But I'm going to keep... I'm going to keep that one on credit. I'm going to keep that one in reserve until we truly... We truly know full well that we don't need that one anymore. I know I'm over my five minutes, but I want to specifically say this. I've talked to a lot of people over the years who trust in me and my opinions and my perspectives and... There is no higher honor to me to have somebody trust in me enough to say, can you help? Even if they don't use those words. When somebody asks that of you, that is a huge responsibility. If somebody asks you to help them, keep that in mind. They're trusting that you will not hurt them by letting you in. It's episode 311 on the docket. I'm tired. I don't. I don't remember what the. I, I don't. I don't know what the movie is from. Uh, I vaguely remember what the uh, uh, what the line was uh, from whatever that movie was. It's just. I'm tired. I, I don't remember what the line is. I think it's something along the lines of uh, I'm tired of people just being mean to each other. So, you know, I've, uh, like I said, I don't like to make the show about me. I'd like to think that I try to embody a lot of what's going on for people pretty much anywhere, everywhere with the way that stuff is now. There's been so much news overload. There's been numbers overload. There's been hope. There's been idiocy. There's been absolute degeneracy. And once in a while, there are actual moments of just being able to take a take a breath and just okay, we're okay. For right now, me personally, I'm tired. And I'm pretty sure that there's a, a number of things that we've had to deal with that's really been ragging us down. And I don't want to do deep dives into uh, a lot of the stuff, but just to kind of take note of what it is that has been doing it to us and maybe realize how much stuff has really been going on and maybe there's a little bit of a way of kind of dealing with it together. I did see new information this week on Rafe Badawi, 
which has been a, a, a wonderful thing to see. We were really worried about uh, about his condition because last we had heard he was supposed to have been allowed to call back to his family. They were concerned that he was in hospital again for uh, back up in front of the court again for uh, a hunger strike or medical stuff. I don't have any information on that part, but one of the tweets from... uh, Shoot, where did it go? I'm sorry, I had it earlier. I had it yesterday, as a matter of fact. There it is. Uh, from uh, from the 14th, from the Rafe Badawi uh, Twitter account. I am so relieved and thankful. My husband, hashtag Rafe Badawi, started to call me again. He is back in the normal section of the prison. Just pausing a second. We know full well that this is not an ideal location right now with all the health crises going around. But the fact that he's not isolated and, you know, trying to break down his his, uh, his psyche is a positive in that regard. uh, Back to the normal section of the prison and is doing well. I dream of the day when he is finally freed. For lack of a better way of putting it, so say we all. But um, the fact that he is not in isolation, he is not medically isolated, that, that bodes well. It's not like, you know, we, we have to be completely con- concerned about what's going on for him. So with that in mind, with no other information on him having been released, as of the recording of tonight's show, that now means that it has now been seven years, 11 months since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting. So, with that, let me uh, let me tell you uh, let me tell you guys uh, a piece that is both a uh, an upper and a downer all at the same time, because wow, um, things are are really kind of weird and interesting. And I I mentioned about this uh, during the show uh, last night. There there are a lot of uh, high school kids <laughs> kids. They're gonna be uh, they're gonna be allowed to vote. Uh, this this uh, this uh, November that's going to be really great. Uh, there are a number of kids who are taking final exams of some kind. I got I got called out earlier by my kid saying nobody's taking finals because you're not allowed to here in New York State because of the way that everything's gone. I know I know you're not taking finals per se, but AP exams. Now these are important. This is, this is uh, advanced placement. Typically, these are for college credit that you can kind of bankroll for later. Make it easier for you to you know when graduation time comes around for you know your college. Well, because of the way that everything is with the social isolation and whatnot, these tests are being conducted online. To be expected. There, however, was one incident earlier this week where we had thunderstorms roll through the area. And somebody that I know who lives not too very far away from here had had put out on their uh, Facebook feed 
that their kid was taking their AP exam. And because of the thunderstorm, were really worried because they were concerned if the power goes out, what happens to their exam? I know first world problems, but at the same time, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that 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 could wow. That could be a real problem right there, couldn't it? Because if somebody wants to game the system, yeah, they could they could just go ahead and say that. And what are you going to do? So, yeah, that's uh, that was interesting to see this week. The fact that. You know, these these kids are taking their exams, but you got to be a little bit more concerned and careful about other stuff that's going on with it all. So, yeah, that that was kind of interesting to see. We were never allowed to take uh, hell open book. Yeah, that that doesn't happen in high school. Hell, we were lucky enough that we were allowed to have calculators at one point. And um, the calculator that uh, that Tiny Triple's got. I don't know if you can run Doom on it, but man, I'd be surprised if you couldn't. But that's that's just me. <laughs> well, it's been ported to freaking everything, you know that. Well, <sighs> damn dear, damn dear. Do you remember a game? I think it was on the old Sega system, and there was an arcade version of it too. It was called Afterburner. Yeah. I knew a guy who on a um uh what was it on an HP 28S scientific calculator. I actually had one of these things. He programmed that game into that calculator. <laughs> Unfortunately, it took up so much room on the internal storage that it didn't have enough memory to actually run the application. So you had enough storage to put it in there, but not enough left over to actually run the damn thing. Well, do you remember? Okay, you being a Linux guy, you might not remember this, just because this is there's a context here. No, sir. The old Microsoft operating systems, Windows three one, DOS five point whatever. Do you remember the old six hundred and forty kilobyte boundary? Yep, I remember that. I think this was kind of the same thing that uh, this guy was running into. Yep, that was uh, DOS 3.3. That was the one that really had everybody running up against that one because after that was when they finally got the uh, HiSysMem program, I think is what it was, that allowed you to access above that. Uh, Actually, it didn't. Not very well anyway, because I had DOS, I started with DOS 5 in my PC life. God, I can't believe I remember this. And I had to run... I actually had batch files to swap out the configs.sys and autoexec.bat files. I meant uh, depending depending on what I wanted to do. If I wanted to run a certain set of games, I ran a command to swap out the files and I had to reboot the computer. If I wanted to wanted to run Windows, I'd have to switch it back. If I wanted to run something called non-droppable Windows, it was because I had a uh, there was something I had in my system that uh, was giving me a hard time. I had to run something else. So I learned batch commands. I learned a little bit of uh, ANSI coloring of text. Um, 
I'll tell you, when Windows 95 finally hit the market, I was a happy boy. Because that whole out of memory thing and uh, upper memory limits and shit like gone. Yeah. And, and suddenly I could uh, I could utilize that entire eight megabytes of RAM I had in my computer at the time. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are complaining about, man. I had one meg of chip RAM and I was happy. I had one meg. Oh, I had... But then again, I was also running on on uh, the Amiga 2000, so, you know. Yeah, my, my first computer was an Apple IIc that had uh, 512 kilobytes of memory. And if you wanted to expand that, you could. Um, you could get a daughter board for the, for the 2C. You'd have to open up the case and put this daughter board on top of the motherboard. And the two of them were almost the same size. Mm-hmm. Well, what you got out of it is you got a megabyte of RAM so that you could run uh, an enhanced version of Apple Works, which was uh, the Apple version of Microsoft Works, which eventually became Office. Um, and you also got a blazing, utterly blistering speed of 1.1 megahertz. Now, keep in mind, folks, this was 1989. Uh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I don't think that's the right speed because memory serves, forgive me for running it that way. Uh, I think the Atari 2600's internal chip was a one megahertz speed. I think it was faster than that. Yeah, no, that was a gaming console. It, I'm talking a personal computer. No, no, no. I know. I know. And part of the reason why I was, I was going with that was because, because in, 88 I think it was the Motorola chip that was in my Amiga 2000 stock was 7 7.14 and I know that very specifically mm. because it was intentionally designed that way so that you could video genlock the video output from these things into an NTSC signal into a television station production stuff. And it, that's why the video toaster yeah. worked the way that it did. And I, I no, just, okay. That's an Amiga. Like, well, I don't know if you ever worked with an Apple IIc before. Well, the, the, the Apple IIs were, they, they were not exactly graphical powerhouses. Well, you know, nor were they designed to be. No, that's true. That's true. I don't know because I don't. I, I would have thought that it would have been running faster because they were they were running with the similar Motorola chips, if I remember right. I don't. Sixty five CO two, I believe, was the chipset. Okay, the, uh, that's a different. C. That's a different one. Yeah. Sorry, uh, it was a sixty eight. Okay, this yeah. is, we're getting we're getting uber geeky. This is not where I wanted to go. Yeah, but we're, we're getting into. There's a generational gap there, like. Yes. The Apple IIc was on par. No, okay, the IIc was on par with the VIC-20. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. I was about to pull out the CBM PET, but that's a whole other thing. For no, no. Another day. Another day. No. Another day. Uh, Stephanie, by the way, had, had said uh, calculators did not exist when I was at school. Very expensive ones did, though. Yeah, I, I know. I know. It was the Hewlett-Packard guys 
who finally got sick and tired and finally made the literal pocket-sized calculators, which were god-awful expensive. I know. I know. I, I wasn't there for when that whole big thing happened, but I, I've, I've studied. I know. I, I remember. And then in the mid-'80s, when the uh, Casio um, wrist calculators, which were your watches... They get oh, all God. pissed off at that. You will never have a you will you will never have a calculator with you all the time. <laughs> I got news for you. Yeah, in yeah, school, <laughs> in school for math test, I actually had to give my watch to my teacher. See, it's 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 a different thing entirely. Never mind. It's, it's showing uh, we, off. You know, I, I think about um, Seth Andrews. One of his uh, speeches that he, or one of his things that he gave his talks. Hmm. Uh, where he was talking about the Encyclopedia Britannica and how, you know, back in the day, that was it. You know, it was it, it was something that would take up your den. Oh yeah. And nowadays, it's a phone app. Things have changed. Uh, you don't have it right over here. Oh, I bet I've got it on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not they change for the better, that's that's a matter of of opinion. Yeah. I can't I can't read the the titles on the on the shelf behind me. I've over there. I've got a bunch of the old huh, old CDs from my wife's computer when we uh, when we got it from uh, from Compaq back in the day. Yeah. Mhm. And anyway, uh and one of them is one of those not Britannica, I don't think, but yeah. Encarta? Yes. I think yeah. is, is what it was. One CD had a lot of stuff on it, but at the same time, you know, even that is completely dwarfed with, I mean, how the ability to, to find uh, lolcat memes. For you know, when I, um, I used to work in sales uh, for computers. That was a part-time job I had while I was in school. Hmm. Um, well, when I was in college, actually. And one of the selling points was we had in Carta, we were trying to sell it, or it would be, it was part of a package deal that you'd get with your computer. Sure. And I kept telling people, you know, this is Britannica, but on CD and like, well, well, you know, what's the big deal about that? And the, the selling point I would always use was the shuttle launch. The, the launching of, I think it was Space Shuttle Columbia. Because it was one of the few things on the CD that actually had a video attachment. That was massive. You want to talk wow factor for some of these people? I mean, these days you want the shuttle launch. You can get it in a freaking 4K HD on YouTube. But again, we're, we're talking, this was 1993 or 93, 94. Oh, yeah. It was, it was unheard of have any kind of video of something like that you know th th this is back when sound blaster was still a premium audio device for your computer you know and, and, and i mean nowadays you've got a real tech thing on your system that's it, that does everything you ever needed it to it's acceptable there's a yeah there's a thing with that no you're you're right i still remember what it used to be uh, what, uh, 
what multimedia level is your computer? Or what multimedia multimedia class? Whatever the hell it was. Anyway. Because, of course, you had, uh, you had uh, dweebs like me that would, you know... What what do I need? What do I need one of those uh, one of those uh, controller cards for? Well, if I'm just going to get a controller card, I'll, I'll just go ahead and get myself a SCSI, and just be done with it. Yeah, I, I still got my things. Yeah, but but you forget back in the day, SCSI, you would have to. Um, you'd basically be signing over your soul, your next of kin, and probably at least three of your organs. It was to get one the, of those. Back in the day, it was the Amiga way. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of uh, when no, I PC know. started using SCSI cards. Oh, I know, I know. But hey, you know, it's the way it worked. Anyway. Yeah. Well, now that uh, we've just about scared everybody else off. <laughs> yeah, well, we kind of remember about this stuff. This, see, this is this is the thing, though. With, you know, I I, I said earlier to get it rolling that you know we've we've had a lot of things that have been going on that have been just overloading and letting us down and having to yell and scream at things on the news because people are just idiots and i know we've kind of kind of dealt with this problem before but you know there's a lot of shit man and an mm-hmm. opportunity to just travel down stuff that is familiar and fun and distracting I don't know that that's a bad thing I mean I had to I had to deal screw it I ended up having somebody who took umbrage at a uh I forget what the what the entirety of the meme was but it was basically you know it, how to tell if you're brainwashed do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? If you answered yes to any one of these, you've been brainwashed. And one of them was about Dem Dems are coming get your guns. And the one guy is was just like he he took umbrage with that one, uh, with that line item, and another one about uh, religious persecution in the United States, uh, a war on Christianity, whatever the hell it was. And I had to correct this guy with the whole. Well, they're absolutely coming for our guns. And I, of course, I couldn't let that one just go. And paraphrasing, I basically said, look, they're not coming for... If, if you think they're coming for your guns, if you specifically mean the guns that, with a different paint scheme, are used as weapons of warfare that are currently being used to terrorize, that's the correct term for it, and again, reminding you, I'm kind of paraphrasing here a little bit, uh, minority groups for an ideological position, which, by the way, is the accepted terminology for terrorism, uh, then the idea of them being shifted in responsibility from people who probably shouldn't have them in general to people who are specifically regimented and trained and certified in the use and handling and safety of these weapons to get them out of the general populace and into the hands of, and I quote here, a well-regulated militia, then 
Sure, yeah, go ahead and tell yourself that they're coming to take away your guns. The piece that I didn't add to it all because I deleted it is, but I'm pretty sure that somebody shot through the brain with a 9mm is probably going to be just as dead if it comes from a handheld gun as it would come from a long rifle. If you want self-protection, don't you want something that you can easily use? You could just use a Derringer for crying out loud. I didn't put that part, but I mean, you know. Chances are the guy didn't know what a Derringer was anyway. uh, Best of my knowledge, they're old enough to have seen The Gambler, but... Hmm. There, there are a handful of people now that remember the gambler, and I rewatched part. You can find it on YouTube for your own damn self. You can torture yourselves. I don't care. We're dealing with these people that you know. It's it, okay. We're not just dealing with people. We're dealing with people that are acting in a way that we would not and that we cannot justify because it's causing abject harm. We don't want to be wearing masks. It's all a, it's all a conspiracy. It's all a hoax. We're going to go ahead and protest with our big guns and, and wear masks to... Uh, See, if it was better that you were wearing the V for Vendetta masks to hide yourselves, okay, I could I could respect the fact that you've got the, the whole cheeky thing going on. Okay, fine, whatever. You could be wearing a bandana because, you know, you want to show your your Southern Heritage color gang affiliation, whatever. But the ones that are out there that are doing the protesting and saying, holding up signs that say it's all a, a conspiracy hoax and the 5G and all of that, and you're wearing medical masks... Guys, got news for you. Newsflash. Mixed signals abound in Idiotsville, USA. And you see, this is... This is why... You know, like... No, I'm sorry. The first thing that came to my mind was, this is why we're not letting you guys up north right now, because you guys are dumbasses. And you'd be right. And you'd be right. But, you know, okay, the stupidity does not end at the border. I know. I know. But because to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> the stupidity factor is a different formulation on both sides. Oh, it's they, a complete, you guys are taking it to a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah. We're mixing it with <laughs> grenadine and, and yeah. hooch from, 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 the, from the shed. You guys have just got uh, the... You, you guys are basically just fermenting the, the guano that comes out of the backside of those murder chickens you got. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and now I'm probably off alcohol for the rest of my life. Thank you very much. Welcome. Um, I, I read something today. Congratulations. Um, remedial. Okay, that's fine. Oh, shut up. Okay, I'm going to open up that file. Let's see. Bitch slap over IP. No, yeah, where, no, where did, no. Where did, where did, where did, where did, with that. <laughs> no, 
hammer over IP, and until and unless that one's been accepted by the I I I, I which triple E. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Um, yeah, until that happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, is the next con going to be fun? Anyways, yes, it will be. There's talk now of these phased reopenings Mm. where businesses are allowed to start back up provided certain criteria are met. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're doing the same thing up here. We're doing a phased rebuild. Like we have our phase one, our phase two, our phase three. But the thing is, not all things are equal up here, obviously. Uh, The city I'm in is currently still in, still working towards phase one. Because, hey, you know, city of a million plus people, things take time to move. You know, that's a lot of things to take care of. But some of the outer, like, not not even suburbs, but like like smaller towns out on the outskirts of of the city are already into getting towards phase two. So, you know, let's say I was one of those, you know, self-entitled people who need, who wanted to go get a haircut. Um, in the city proper, I can't because right now the, the shops aren't open, but 20 minutes North of me in a small town, their barbershops are open because they've, you know, they got the masks set up. They do the social distancing, limited number of people in the area. Um, they use gloves and all that stuff. I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can to keep themselves protected. But now, uh, something I read today is that there are people from the city who are going to these places wanting to take advantage of the fact that these other, that these amenities are open. Mm-hmm. And now they're being turned away. Uh, I believe the, uh, the facilities are asking them for like their driver's license to see where they live. And if it turns out they're not local, bye-bye. Kick it back into and this, Good. Yeah. And, and this is, and this is over and above people whining that what I drove all this way. I believe the expression is go pound sand. Yeah. So, as I said, the, the, the stupidity, the sense of self-entitlement, it, it, it's not just limited to, to you guys down there. Again, you guys are doing like, th- there's a scalability issue here. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, you know, for the most part, like, yeah. And, and like when I was at Walmart today, you know, the aisles are now all one way. And hey, if you drive downtown Calgary, you're used to that kind of stuff because there's a lot of one-way streets that kind of sneak up on you. I'll still never forget that one asshole in the Corvette, but that's, that's, you know, long time ago. Um, but for the most part, it's, you know, I, I haven't seen people freak out, uh, in the stores yet. Um, they're relatively well stocked, you know, I mean, lots of bread, uh, meat is not so bad if a little pricey, thankfully I haven't had to buy too much of it lately. Um, Dairy's still good. Um, they still have runs on like sanit- like hand sanitizer and stuff like that, but um, there's toilet paper. 
you know, shelves are fully stocked. And people are, for the most part, you know, some people wear masks, some people don't. We're not mandated as of yet. Um, I'm just taking the precautions because of, you know, immunocompromised. Of course. And I, okay, in retrospect, I could do the whole shop online, drive up, pop the trunk, and then they could just load the stuff in. I could do that. And maybe I'll have to, maybe I will next time. I don't know. Um, but again, for the most part, the, the stores are, they're not overly crowded. I can get in, get out. I don't have to wait for a till or anything. Nice. Um, you know, but, but again, we, we've got our problems too. We, we do have people that are screaming that it's, that it's all a hoax. Um, and of course, like last week when I was talking about the, you know, the wig nut roundup from Jeff holiday and stuff, uh, there are some people out there that just honestly, I'm all for free speech. I'm all for the ability to be able to express your thoughts without fear of the government coming down on you with a gigantic ha- with a gigantic ban hammer of the military or being arrested. And normally, you know, pe- people who think critically would be able to look at this and go, "You're full of shit, sir," or "Madam." We're not going to listen to you anymore. But unfortunately, you've also got people who, I don't know, maybe they need, they've got this craving or this, this addiction to wanting to be mad or wanting to blame somebody for something. And so, you know, they listen to guys like the detox dude or some other guy who, you know, or even the Jillian Epperly, who, who now says apparently a stroke is an upgrade for the body. You know, I'll tell you, whatever I had a couple of, whatever I had about, oh shit, going on 10 years ago now, uh, I had something happen to me. Um, it felt like a stroke from, from the symptoms. Um, that did not feel like an upgrade. Nope. And if it was an upgrade, I was being upgraded to uh, Millennium Edition. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's a thing that, uh, there's a thing that, uh, happened. A, a, uh, a sentiment that was ejaculated out of the voice box of he who is currently Lord Dampnut's face. The petulant child that he is who effectively effectively said, you know, if we just don't test for this disease then we don't have the, any infections, so everything's fine. I'm paraphrasing slightly. I but it's would only... want a. 
I, I want a metric shit ton of context on that one because mm. honestly, if he said that straight yeah, with I'm, nothing underlying, I would be concerned. Uh, I'm I'm paraphrasing because the the verbal diarrhea that that falls from the chapped lips of of that swine. Um, basically, he that is that is basically what he ended up saying. Uh, again, I'm I'm paraphrasing it, but he he said, you know, if if we have tests then we find an infection that's that's a new case and the more cases we have the worse we are so why should we be finding all these cases and having things worse when we could just not and you can probably imagine the 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 retribution on Twitter was uh, amazing, especially from women who basically said, and, and I'm only slightly paraphrasing one, who said, well, you know, uh, it it would save a, a lot of problems in the field of family planning, because if I don't go to have a pregnancy test, I don't have to worry about needing to have an abortion if I don't want to be pregnant. So there you go. just Just like that. And uh, I'm 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 pretty well sure that uh, at some at some point or other, Bridget, I'm I'm pretty sure that you probably heard that one. Maybe no. I I think that I read something about that earlier. I today. I just called up the um, I just called up an article from the Washington Post, and. If they've got his quote, go ahead and try to read it. Okay, so so here's what it's got. Um, pardon me if this gets a little long-winded, but... Oh, considering? Okay, so this is from yesterday, actually. Good luck. Uh, earlier this, this week, yeah, earlier this week, Anthony Fauci and other leading members of President Trump's coronavirus task force pressed the importance of a vastly expanded national testing regi- regime. I'm not sure you can practically do dot, dot, dot testing every day, which means um, that that's a quote device. So which means they've actually eliminated a bunch of stuff that he said. Agreed. Which, okay, my skeptic, my skeptic senses are going off on that one. But anyways, I'm not sure you can practically do dot, dot, dot testing every day. That, that I don't think would be feasible, Fauci said in Senate testimony. But something that is much more aggressive than has been done in the past, I believe, should be done. Okay, either Fauci stuttered or this guy needs a copy editor. Two days later, President Trump offered a very different view of testing, repeatedly suggesting that it's overrated and that doing too much testing can needlessly drive up the infection numbers. When you test, you have a case, Trump said. When you test, you find something is wrong with people. If we didn't do any testing, we would have very few cases. Now, this is where I really lose a little bit of faith in this article, because the next paragraph says, left unsaid in Trump's comments. If you don't test, you also don't know who might be spreading the disease, nor might you know how to effectively treat someone to avoid the worst outcomes. 
if it's left unsaid, how do you know that that was implied? Like, is, is this particular, is this Aaron Blake guy a mind reader? Well, let's, let's back it up a second. What, what is specifically attributed as, as having been said? According to this quote, and I'm, I'm going to try to find some more sources on this because That's again, fair. um, it's fair. What, what a, you've a, got a so-called mainstream media is nothing but a bunch of, um, no, I, I got you. Slightly more, slightly more than bloggers, uh, you know, reing their opinions these days. It's not. It's nothing but hit pieces. No, I got you. But the because the, you know Trump bump. The the quote that you've got there though so far, as far as who the cases. Yeah. So again, the quote is: When you test, you have a case. Uh, when you test, you find something that is, you find something is wrong with people. If we didn't do any testing, we would have very few cases. Um, and that's that's the extent of the quote right there so far. Yeah. Okay. Now, but, but we'll have cases regardless of whether they're tested or not. Though that's the thing. He is worried about the numbers looking bad. That is his whole thing, and he has yeah. come out and said that. That's yep. why he is against massive testing. Yeah. Now, the reason why they might have said that they might have added to that left unsaid, blah, 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 would be to intentionally spell out for everyone, look, if you do not do the testing and you do not find cases, the natural progression of that then of, well, willful ignorance is effectively what it is. You remember how I? You remember how the thing of it is. If, if you had one wish from a genie, what would it be? I'd get rid of willful ignorance. Uh, if you stay willfully ignorant of the number of infected persons, because you don't want to have those case numbers, because it's a number. The natural progression of what happens with all that is. You don't have this, you don't have this, you don't have this. This is what ends up happening because of that. Am I... Am I making uh, an apologetics plea? I don't think so. For who? For... For... Uh, for... Dallin being... Um, critic... Uh, critical of the piece. I'm not saying that... I'm not saying incorrectly. I'm not saying incorrectly, but just that I can see where this would have been put into place into the article because of the the implications of the whole damn thing. Generally, um, interpretation is not a good idea or projecting. Agreed. Yeah, but again, I, I mean, these days with a lot of mainstream news and I, oh God, I use that term loosely. Mm. And I mean, I've said this before. They're nothing more than op-eds. Everything is an op-ed these days. There, there's very little in terms of just, just facts, figures. This is what we found out. This is what we're learning. And this is what the authorities are doing. Nowadays, it's, well, they did this, but in my opinion, although they never, they don't typically explicitly say in my opinion, but they sure as hell lean their they lean their articles to fit their narratives. And it's just like, it's one hit piece after another. 
a question. Then, in this particular situation, then, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go overarching with a whole bunch of other things. Just mm-hmm. pinpoint on this one for a second. Do you think the article saying, uh, continuing on after the quote of, you know, it, what was said, continuing on with the explanation of what, what happens if you stay willfully ignorant of the information... Do you do you think that that is more opinion than fact, or proper fact to go along with the quote if 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 the quote is attributed correctly? I know you're kind of in the middle of trying to do a little bit of of well all, all checking I'm, on the whole damn thing yourself too. All, so. I'm, all I worry about is okay. I I could say something. No, this is your opportunity, man. Dude. Yeah, but no, like, uh, I could I could say something about, you know, a flavor of ice cream that I don't like. Oh, Neapolitan, fla- goddamn. What? Neapolitan. Well, nope, okay. Nobody likes Neapolitan. Let's say, okay, hold on. Let's say I came up with a thing that said, I like chocolate ice cream. And someone, someone takes that quote and says, Dallin hates vanilla ice cream. Or Dallin is racist because he only likes chocolate ice cream. This is what I worry about, is that someone takes one quote or one line of one statement without anything else backing it. And I I don't see much else here. Um, That's what I call projection. Yeah, you see, there's another one here. And and this is what worries me. Uh, Another quote from the same article. Back in March... Trump indicated that he did not want to unload a cruise ship full of coronavirus exposed people because it would drive up the number of U.S. cases. I'd rather have the people stay, he said, while qualifying that he would let others make the decision. He added, I would rather because I like the numbers being where they are. I don't need to have the numbers double because of one ship that wasn't our fault. So... Now, to some people, that might be this guy trying to establish a pattern of where Trump just, he doesn't like the fact that the numbers are still growing. And it's something completely beyond his control at this point. Like, one of the reasons the numbers are still growing is because you've got these bandana-wearing, gun-toting, conspiracy-screaming hoax believers that... Well, basically, nobody's got control over them because more freedom. Yep. You know, I talked about the freedom. I've talked about the freedom fetish for the past couple of weeks that uh, that's going on down there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's but he's also encouraging that behavior, though. That's what's uh, okay. How how is I, I, oh okay? Yeah, I guess when he did the tweet of you know liberate the cities and he like labeled them off one by one, I can see that. It basically comes down to Trump just floating along in his comfort bubble and, um, you know, kind of flipping out whenever reality well gets in the way. Trump is a populist. That's that's the kind of politician he is, which is not the best type because he, honestly, I think he's treating the Oval Office like a WWE event. Yeah. It depends you know, on... A credulous audience. I mean, yeah, like any fascist. Yeah, he. he uh, I'm sorry, do I to, to make that? I'm, I'm making a comparison. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying. Yeah, 
like uh, any religious leader, like any um, corporate product owner and all that. Um, yeah. They, they want to send you a message. They want to print it in your brain. And, um, yeah, they want you to... React. Yeah, if, if you if you repeat something if you repeat something often enough, everybody eventually gets it by rote. Yeah. Well, you, just, um, you know, is Barbie the latest and greatest thing? Um, you know, people who won't question that kind of thing will just uh, you know look at their neighbor and do what they're doing, and everybody's doing it. Then it's yeah. He's only catering to a part of the. Uh, the population that well, he uh, he's catering to the won't the, change anything. Yeah, he, he's catering to the group that will cheer the loudest at his rallies. Mm. Uh, that's what I mean by he's a populist. He he doesn't necessarily have to do anything. He just has to make it sound like he's doing something, and his supporters will will basically do everything they can to keep him in the White House for four more years. But they do have to be, be a certain type of person to be a supporter already. But well, I mean, yeah, they, they, they've, they've got to be a certain level of whatever that you want to call that. I don't know if it's stupid, crazy, um, mentally deficient, or otherwise. Yeah. Or maybe it's all of the above. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with being... Yeah, okay. But I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. I was trying um, to, to, try to draw a distinction between uh, blind populism and uh, merited populism. Like someone like Richard Feynman. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I don't think he's ever. I don't think he ever planned to run for office. No, 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 no. But you know, especially not today. He should be popular. Is yeah. he popular? Yeah. yeah, but no. Uh, a populist leader like Trump is. He relies more on the crowd's attention. So when he tweets something like liberate so-and-so or yells fake news or sleepy Joe or all the other nicknames that he came up with during his campaigns. He's doing that, you know, as, as a way of marketing himself. He expects, um, predicted reaction. Yeah. And, and I watched the, okay. Oh, I watched he, wrestling for years. He goes nuts when he doesn't get it or yeah. when somebody dares not answer well, it. Well, and the other thing too, Joseph, is I, I would almost assume that his freakouts are by design. I think I think he does it just to stir the pot, so that when he doesn't get his way, he just has to tweet something, and yeah, and his minions run to his aid. You know, and it's it's sad. Basically, every time he throws a tantrum, yeah, as a distraction actually from what he actually because it, you know, um, well, <laughs> that's what a tantrum is. I mean, would, yeah, but uh, all, all politics. When you when you accuse a somebody of doing something and they just yeah get all quote unquote emotional, they are there in a way they're hoping you'll forget what they actually did. Yeah, all politics are the politics of distraction. You know, well, think back to. I look at Angela Merkel, and uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a piece of there's some context for you, but I, I think back to. I wouldn't make that generalization though, but yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but like, and like, what do we know about Bill Clinton? What, what's the big things we know? 
Uh, Monica Lewinsky, the blue dress, the cigar, the impeachment, Ken Starr. I read, I read his autobiography uh, that he published shortly after he, a few years after he was out of office. Behind the scenes, while all that was going on, he was working like a dog to keep the country going. Say what you will about him. Um, he probably fired more vetoes at the houses than almost any other president I've ever heard. Because at the same time, the Republican-controlled Senate and Congress were trying to, trying to get the tax breaks, trying to get this, trying to get that. And he vetoed everything. Like he, he did everything he could to stem the tide of what the GOP wanted at the time. But all, all I remember hearing in the media was, uh, well, kind of sums up to devil with a blue dress on. You know, if you want, if you want, if you want to put a song to it, it's good. It's good reference. Well done. Yeah, but all that all that noise is what they want you to remember. But all you just. It's pretty fucking simple that his term ended with his, with the country being having a, a surplus. But it's yeah, surplus. that's the other thing too. Is is that? Oh, you got to you got to look at the look at the state of the country. Yeah, look at look at what state the country was left in when that when your president leaves office, and it tells you pretty much what really happened. You know, um, I mean, your, your immortality is based on the legacy you leave behind and not everybody, you know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes not so much, but as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the nowadays, the, uh, Republicans, they're the looter party. And the Dems, every time they're in office, all they can do is do their all to stem the looting. But you know, <laughs> they're getting well. They loot the environment. They loot. They loot everything possible. They loot. You know, um, yeah. Give as much as little as possible. Take as much as possible. But anyways, yeah. But the the Democrats are getting less effective at. Uh, stemming them or halting them because uh, well they're just getting noisier and noisier and more and more obnoxious. Well, and they've they've got their own raft of problems right now. Yeah, there's there there's some weapons grade scandals going on in the in the Democratic Party right now that is just wow. Oh, like uh, Biden aside, uh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> That's the primary one, but but the fact is, a lot of the people attacking him are from his own party. Yeah, theoretically, I, I, I see all this being like fucking planned ahead of time. He's perfect, you know. <clears throat> find some dirt in some guy's past, set him up, be the front runner, and then watch the fun. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Pardon? I'll never be a politician. Part of the biggest problem about the whole damn thing is that, well, two pieces. One, organization. It is, it is ludicrous to ignore the fact that 
the Republican Party in this country have been viciously organized. And I think I can properly say that when you consider that the evangelicals of this country have effectively overridden whatever the conservative Republican movement had been and effectively taken control. It's no longer about politics. It's about theocracy with that organization at this point. It goes beyond that because any group of controlling elements, people, whatever, um, who depend on a credulous following or a credulous populace, um, yeah, they have to be organized as hell. and They have to, you know, uh, set up the programming, make sure everybody follows their the line, everything happens as predicted, and they have to also work extra hard to eliminate any outliers that could thwart their plans. And, and it's basically they're setting up um, a system, a predictable system, but that depends on the uh, the credulous, uh, the credu- credulous. Of the credulity, credulity. Thank you. Of the, uh, of, the <laughs> of their target population, you know. It, I, I'm sorry to over always come back to this and always oversimplify things, but I mean, it, it just it's basically it all comes down to like um, one aspect of human nature that's that's been that's been exploited since probably fifteen thousand years, whether it be through religion and all that. And like, yeah, these people are ruthless. Uh, they they see the uh, well, the golden egg. They see the, and uh, they'll do anything to, to, to. It's like it's it's the gift that never stops giving. And it's true because, I mean, let's face it, the group. In this particular case, who have been pushing for theocratic rule because they've infiltrated infiltrated a political party in order to take control of it in order to establish theocratic laws because that's effectively what the whole damn thing has been uh, going back as far as to the wedge policy with every, a whole bunch of other things the religious groups are typically the ones that will go ahead and say well if you don't fall into line with us well you know what uh, you will become a non-person. You will be kicked out of the group. You will be, you will have your family and your entire social structure taken away from you. And on top of all that, you're going to die forever over and over and over again in unending squealing pain for all eternity. And your family will know that that's exactly what happened to you. They will threaten the most heinous of of despicable acts to threaten people into line and have for who only knows millennia but um but the thing the the other piece of it is i've said it before that there is a difference between playing by the rules and exploiting every letter of the law in order to 
in order to win at all costs. Doing something in uh, in per- here perfect example. If someone in the if someone in politics is accused even barely um, reasonably accused of some kind of sexual impropriety. Generally speaking, I know, I know, I'm painting in generalities. Screw y'all, okay, I don't, don't care right now. Generally speaking, someone who is of the Democratic Party will... will say whatever it is, they will apologize, they will step down so that whatever might end up coming of some kind of investigation will not taint the office and the office can continue on doing what it's supposed to do because it's for the better good. Versus, again, generally speaking someone of the Republican Party will rant and rave and scream, turn around the accusation onto the accusers, and will fight tooth and nail the entire time and drag out the legal process as long as sufferingly possible until either they're exonerated because of technicalities or someone just finally gets in a position to quietly shelve whatever it was and possibly make it just go away. I'm thinking specifically of two individuals, uh, Roy Moore being one of them, uh, the other one being Al Franken. You would not, you would be hard-pressed to find differences in what I described with who they are and how they were and not be able to see them as the archetype of the people who are looking for the greater good and playing by the rules and the ones who want to win by any means necessary. Or if I completely just spoken without you really thinking about how how it and and really thinking it through right I mean I know no, I, I mean I know I joke a lot of times about say, about saying you know tell me that I'm wrong but uh, I think I I think I pretty well hit that nail you know straight through the wall on this one No Franken did do the honorable thing Yes. Now, whether or not he did something wrong, leave that aside for a second. The fact that it came up and it was a credible enough item to warrant an investigation, that in and of itself. He decided, you know what? I don't necessarily think that I did anything wrong, but to... To, for for the benefit of all, I will come. Uh, I I will step down, and I will allow 
information to come out and and and, and progress. Mm-hmm. Versus Roy Moore, who, as far as we were concerned, could have been fucking his horse, and and he would have gone ahead and blamed everybody else, including Kukla, Fran, and Ollie, as far as I'm concerned. Well, if he was doing something like that, he probably would have gotten a certain section of the furry vote, but that's another story entirely. Not just, but... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and I mean... No, I... I believe in due process. As do I. I believe that if if an accusation comes up and if there's enough credibility behind it to warrant an investigation, then an investigation should happen. Agreed. Now, if the person being accused wants to, you know, th- either throw a hissy fit or or step down and let the process, you know, either exonerate them or, or damn them. You know, if they're willing to put their faith in the system, that to me speaks volumes to the, to the character and to the fact that I would say for the most part that the person is either innocent and those who are accusing him, him or her are really doing nothing more than looking for an opportunity. But, like, no, like an opportunity to smear or to discredit, especially during a crucial time in someone's political career. Okay. And if the person wants to, you know, throw up a deny, delay, or divert, you know, to me, that just speaks to their character. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. If, if you're trying to either justify what's happened, um, or do everything in your power to deflect it or have certain subordinates try to deflect it for you because you just don't have the ability to do it yourself, that's not going to leave a very good taste in, at, at least personally in my mouth, you know, it's like, okay. You've been accused. You have a system to, to run through to see whether or not you are guilty or innocent, depending on evidence, testimony, etc. Let it run. You know, you, you've got the rules. Play by them. Yeah. And if you're worried about, you know, not necessarily exploiting loopholes, but making sure that you know the letter of all those rules, well, that's what you've got lawyers for. That's their job. That, that's why... When you go to law school, that, that's why it takes so long, is because you want to talk critical thinking skills. Yeah. You know, and, and I actually, I, I had a lawyer for an instructor in college. She was teaching me uh, management, but her, her, her full-time occupation was business, a corporate lawyer. So she was, she was one that go, would go over contracts, settle disputes, etc. But there was something she told me, and it's about the ethic of a lawyer. We see them as, some of them as slimy. You know, particularly some defense attorneys. It, some are. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be an apologetic here, but there's a reason for it. 
a lawyer or an attorney is ethically bound by their oath to do everything that is legally possible in the name of their client, be that as a prosecuting attorney or a defense attorney. And the reason some of them get the reputation for being an asshole is because they're, they're doing whatever they can to serve their client. Even if the client is guilty as sin, they are still obligated to do everything possible in the name of that client. Yeah, the, uh, I, th I think to kind of bolster that, it's not just a matter of that you need to find whatever whatever legal, I don't want to say chicanery and I don't want to say loopholes, whatever Precedent. legal. Or legal option, maybe? Avenue, I think avenue. is probably, there we go. Yeah. probably the best yeah. way to describe this one. Whatever legal avenue is available for your client to succeed in their case, whatever whatever that might be, because it could be defense, could be could be a prosecution. But it's not just a matter of if you're a defense attorney to exonerate your client. It's to completely assure that the prosecutor has actually proven what it is that they're trying to argue for. Because if they haven't, that's a different piece. I want to go ahead and prove that you committed murder. Um, I'm sorry, my client shot a dead body. You can't murder a dead body. Ergo, you have no case. Bye. That's not proving that, you know, you're not guilty of, of murder. You just proved that the guys don't have what they said that they did. You can't prove murder if there hasn't been a murder. So, um, bye. You know, it's, 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 it's weird. Some ways well, that I, you have to do things. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Both, both sides. Well, we seem to be again, stuck in this system where, um, you know, uh, quite often both sides are, they're starting with the premise and then selecting the facts that correspond with it. Um, like, for example, the, uh, the prosecutor is going to find all the facts that will prove that the uh, the uh, the accused is guilty and neglect other facts. And well, the role of the defending lawyer is to, well, unearth those facts that uh, he's neglecting. But the defending lawyer probably will ignore the facts that the pros prosecutor is bringing forward. I mean, there's no real... Um, no. Combination of the situation? No, there, 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 there are legal... Uh, there are legal repercussions if you intentionally tank uh, what's called exculpatory uh, details and information. Uh, you have to release any information that's going to be part of uh, part of a case. But the you, problem is often it's a jury who decides. So, if one case, you know, uh, one side presents a selection of facts, and the other another, and it's left up to the jury. 
that's a weak point. The way the jury might not see it like that. Or, or is everybody in the jury a critical thinker? That well, is. I mean, that's that's part of. Uh, I think that's part of the uh, the the interview process for when they try to select jurors. You know, I could and go. The more, the more slimy lawyers will actually try to pick the most credulous jurors. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there is something to be said for that. But again, if it's a matter of that, it's part of the, uh, it, it's part of the legal framework that you have at your disposal. Some people call it game in the system. Some people call it resourcefulness. So, I mean, you know, like, uh, like we talked about with, uh, with, uh, Joe with his D and D campaign last night. In whatever language is most convenient. Sometimes. However. Wow, that's 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 really tap danced entirely through a different avenue, didn't it? Yeah. I mean we could we could go down quite a few rabbit holes with this one and, and we have. <laughs> no, and and I worry that it could lead to some you know, again, just stuff watching the news and sort of keeping track of things it's it's tiring like, like you said you're, you're tired i'm tired I, I think we're all tired of ah. just so much bs and so much yeah you know i i, I talked earlier I t- and, and by earlier, I mean, I think I talked about this a couple of years ago, that this whole goddamn thing was going to be a marathon, and yeah. we need to pace ourselves, and it's going to be a long, hard slog to get through the whole damn thing. And Well, you know, and the really crazy thing is, in terms of, you know, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, it... If such a thing exists in all of this, I think back to an old Transformers episode where, um, okay, I'm about to geek everybody out here. Okay. The, the 80s Transformers cartoons. Mm -hmm. Remember Starscream? (laughs) Bit of a, bit of a dick. Always trying to take over. Well, in one particular episode, he enlisted some help. The two triple changers, Astro Train and Blitzwing. Okay. You know, Blitzwing, I still remember what he looks like because uh, Saber used to come in with that avatar on the Wednesday night show all the time. (laughs) I gave him a hard time about that not too long ago, too. He's like, yeah, I still got it. Piss off. Anyway. Towards the end of the show... Megatron found out what was going on and when to confront everybody. And there was a great big infight inside this stadium. And Ironhide looked to Optimus Prime and he said, and I quote, I think we need a program to follow the players. And that's, that's really what's happening these days. And again, it's, this feels like wrestling. Because suddenly you've got you've got a face who turns heel, you've got a heel who turns face, 
you've got organizations that were once, you know, the, the pinnacles of virtue and are now advocates for the slime. And it's like every day the roster on either side of, of whatever changes. And it's like, I don't even know who to believe anymore. I don't know what, what sources to trust. I don't know if everybody's just feeding everybody a line of bullshit just so they can sound like they know what they're talking about. Which is kind of like what Trump does every day. Like, it, this is something I've noticed about him recently. Oh, you ever notice? No, no, no. Just, just hear me out on this. Right. You ever notice that when he talks, he doesn't breathe. It's just a string of words. You know, and then he mentions a guy, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, such and such, the secretary, whatever, who, who's a really great guy, by the way. And, you know, I, 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 the guy's great. He's a great golfer, blah, 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 blah. And then he, tang he tangents back. I honestly think he speaks as much as he does to cover up the fact that most of the time he's got, he, he knows less than he's projecting about certain things. Just the, the way he talks, he, it's not that he rambles, but just, I don't know. There, there's something about his speech that just got, got me thinking recently that, dude, I think you're covering up your own ignorance with word salad. And yeah. that you're, you're just trying to be in everybody's face. You're trying to say what everybody wants to hear. But either you don't know or you don't believe it yourself. Well, he's just... He's appealing to his following because, as you know, if you just make the right sounds, it doesn't matter what you're saying. If you, yeah. If and I, it's authoritative and you have this air of certitude uh, that uh, his followers seem to want, um, they'll continue to follow on questioning. But as soon as you show signs of quote, quote, <clears throat> weakness, then, um, you know, that's where the risk is for him. So he never shows signs of weakness, even when faced with the facts, even when he's confronted directly with, you know, something he said. Um, we may see it as distract and whatever his response is. But I think for his followers, the analysis doesn't go that far. It's just all on its tone. Um, Bridget, mm? uh, I don't. I don't think that you'd technically be allowed to uh, say this or, or ask this, but you might be able to uh, answer it because I mean, you were once a government employee, and it probably wouldn't look too good for you to say. It. Me being a, an average. Uh, Joe, average public citizen, uh, am am I allowed to make the comparison that he talks like he's some kind of beta cuck trying to find his way through whatever topic that he didn't study for in college, and now finals have finally come up, and he doesn't know how to cover the group project he was never part of. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay, yeah, just that's exactly it, um, or like. 
you know, a third grader who's doing a book report and didn't bother to read the book. Or, or did on the bus on, on the way to school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I have no idea about doing math on the bus on the way to school. I'm just... And the thing about it is he could be much more informed if he would just accept his daily briefings that he's supposed to get that he doesn't have time for and can't be bothered with. And they already limit it to one page anyway because he has the attention span of a fruit fly. I mean, he just... God, he's so incompetent. Does it come with an 8 or a 16 color uh, crayon set? Um, Probably 8. Probably the big fat ones. I'm trying to remember how many colors were available on a animated GIF, but it's... You know, never mind. That's that's a that's a whole other thing for later. Yeah, I think the little sixty-four color box of crayons would be a little beyond him. Okay. Yeah, and they have to make sure they're edible, just in case. Well, everything's edible at least once. I'm 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 still allowed to to I'm still allowed to make the comparison that he's a beta cook, there, right? I mean, I'm I'm allowed to. Well, I mean, I'm not in the military anymore, so I can say whatever I want. And it's probably a good thing that I am not in the military right now, because they would probably mm-hmm. get me under the DMJ, because you're not allowed to diss the commander-in-chief. Uh, uh, Trump's a beta cuck. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just checking outside my window, make sure I don't see any little red lights. All right, no. all right, everything, everything's fine. And NSA is not at your door. That's not that knocking sound that you hear. And, and besides which, um, yeah, like they'd be it, watching no, no, no. us. If, if I said it, then you, then there could be problems because the NSA is supposed to monitor um, transmissions going into the states as well. Ooh. Which is why back in the day I used to say hi to the NSA every time I would do a show. Yeah. Um, because I had, a, I had a feeling they were listening because, well, back then we were we were a little more charged than we are nowadays. And they're just recording. They don't know what the fuck to do with all the data they have. Oh, yeah, they do. They know exactly what to do with it. They can shove it right up their ass. Hi, Echelon. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 kind of a deep cut right there. I'm just trying to imagine actually an entire server farm up their ass. <laughs> well, you know, there, there's a whole size queen subdivision on Pornhub, so I'm told. Um. Anyways, uh, Bridget, I was going to ask you, um, as far as that whole um. No, okay. You 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 just you keep those thoughts to yourself. Um, going back to what you were saying before about you can't diss the commander-in-chief, is there a statute of limitations on that after you've been uh, discharged? No. I mean, it doesn't apply to me anymore because I'm not active duty. Okay, so that that's the only requirement then? Yeah, I mean, if you're active duty, you know, or, or well, serving... Well, that's different because as a soldier... Yeah. As a soldier, uh, rights are not exactly. They're not absolute. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Property like, and they can do whatever they want to with you, but there, you know, are articles under the UCMJ that mm-hmm. you know you can be dishonorably discharged for speaking ill of the president or anything like that. Which I think would be a badge of honor right now, but that's a whole other thing. By the way, uh, TD, I did see you over there. Sorry. Hi. Well, you yeah. don't want to have a dishonorable discharge because that stays in your record forever and it follows you around. Uh, does it also say what year you were dishonorably discharged at that point? Yeah. I mean, Could- it's on, on your DD-214. Yeah, it has the year, you know, that you were discharged, yeah, but, the date, but so- your address, all that stuff. Somehow, I don't think that's something that could be expunged like uh, like a like a criminal history. No, I don't think it can ever be expunged. No, you know, like I I have a friend, well, a guy I used to work with. Uh, he 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 was convicted. He, he well, okay, he beat the piss out of somebody twenty years ago. The guy's a mixed martial artist, okay, mm. and he attacked a guy in a bar in Winnipeg. 20 years ago was arrested and he served time for it. That came back to haunt him. Mm-hmm. Every time he tried to go to the States for work, he and I worked for the same company. We both had to travel and he always used to get hauled into secondary because this thing would pop up on his, on his record when they did a, uh, they did a criminal check. You know, he served his time. He hadn't done anything since. He kept his nose obsessively clean. Yeah. But, but it still happened until I, I started looking into it to, to help him more out of curiosity because I just wanted to know, you know, if if I did something to somebody, um, how would it affect my ability to go down to the States? And you can get a, a letter of redress or you can get an article of redress or a pardon, depending on the severity of the crime. And I kept telling them, just go and apply for this, which means you could get your record expunged and it would be as if it never happened. Something tells me when it comes to the military, if you're dishonorably discharged, that, like you said, it's, it's herpes. You keep that shit forever like luggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my my point is that if they were to look and see, okay, you were dishonorably discharged. When did it happen? Wait. They don't care. What? Uh, the... You know, if you, if you apply for a job and they ask if you're a veteran and you say yes, and they will ask, you know, do you have a discharge that's anything other than honorable and that shit does come back to haunt you? It's funny how they make no allowance for people to change, change to improve themselves. But it's... I'm seeing the same pattern again everywhere. You know, like, fucking Ray Comfort's thing. Oh, if you lied once, then you're a liar. Well, the thing is, Joseph, uh, when it comes to the military, um, now, maybe I could be wrong, but if you are dishonorably discharged, there's usually a damn good reason. Like the, the, this is, I, I don't think this is something that is thrown about willy nilly. No, it's not. 
just, just because, you know, they don't like the way you part your hair. You know, and, and I think if you were if you were to call the president a beta cuck, well, theoretically, something like that could earn you such a thing. I, I again, I, I can't speak for anything because I don't have that kind of experience, but I would assume that the um, military courts have slightly thicker skin than that. I, but again, but, I'm, I'm, I'm going benefit of the doubt here. What, what I'm saying is that if you, if you raped your commanding officer's dog and put it on YouTube, then, then I think that might warrant it. You know, but, but, but saying something... It's funny you should say warrant on that one. Well, uh, <laughs> but, but, but saying something ill of your commander-in-chief, while it is officially a, a no-no... Um, you know, there is also, I, 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 there is also I, a longstanding, tra- I, there is also a longstanding legal tradition in the United States of, you want to, you want to say that what I said falls under, oh, what's, what's the, what's the term for it? Is, is it slander? If you just say it? Versus yeah, it's slander if you say it. If okay. it's in print, it's libel. Okay. You want to prosecute me for slander, but what I said was the truth. So how can you how can you sue me for slander when it's the truth? Oh, kind of like uh, Voldemort. Wait, what? Well, you can't say his name because if you do... Um, name shall not be named. Yeah, you, you can actually get struck down from, from Facebook, YouTube, and many other places. The the infamous whistleblower. Uh, okay. Um, I can't remember what it was, but um, there's a YouTuber who was doing a, an article about him, and he said his name, and YouTube deleted the video. He said it on Facebook. Facebook deleted the post because apparently that name just could not be said because it violated that nebulous terms of service. So the guy just ended up calling this dude Voldemort. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like, uh, but if this is the truth, but you're still going to say it's slander. Well, if you say it's slander, then you're guilty because you're telling me that the truth is hurting you. You know, I, I got you. And uh, by the way, uh, over in the, uh, over in the chat, uh, TD, uh, I did not set this as a, an, an explicit episode, so I'm not going to repeat that one. Uh, save it to say, however, that um, on a different night, that maybe I was a, a little bit better. I might actually go ahead and say that. I may end up using that sometime in the future. <laughs> Not tonight, but no for well. You have the collective giggle snorts of the crew. And we appreciate <laughs> it. You'll forgive me if I'm not exactly giggle snorting myself right now, but you know, it's, it's, no, for well, in, in, well, yeah, yeah, I am. 
We're getting uh, we're getting to the top there, and I I, w- I want to see about getting out of here like actually on time on time right now because I'm a little I'm a little drained to to put it mildly. Um, Dallin and I have had uh, pretty much the the most to say tonight, so uh, Bridget, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the 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 last uh, the last spot so you can you can have whatever you want to say at that point, Joseph. Um, any 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 last item that you want to harp on? Not not that we should have better primary and secondary education. That's my shtick. You you stick in your wheelhouse with everybody keeps following the leader because that's that's the way that we're brought up because that's a bad thing. You want to go on that one? That's fine. Don't don't go into my stuff. Mm, I don't know what that means, <laughs> but. Um... No, the best question you can ask yourself in life, if you really want to change, is uh, why did I do what I just did? That's actually a fabulous question. That's that's, that's actually a really, really great thing for if if only people thought like that more often. So okay. you take care, sir. We'll see it next week. Oh, we're not completely out of it just yet, uh, Bridget. Like I said, uh, I'll give you I'll give you the opportunity to rail wherever it is that you'd like at this point, because Lord knows, I I can well imagine that you've got a couple of things that you want to have the opportunity to finish out with. Well, I'm just stunned at you know some people's stupidity with everything. Um, you know, the passive-aggressive behavior, people not wanting to wear a mask because their freedoms and all that. And, you know, I wish that, that the people who don't want to wear a mask would stop assaulting people for asking them to wear one or for wearing one. That's just stupid. I don't understand all the violence. And I feel like we're, you know, living the film Idiocracy when this is the worst possible time that we could be living that and none of the dystopian novels I've read have prepared for me for any of this shit and fuck Mike Pence well I, I guess you'll get to you'll get to say it twice then tonight not that you've got any problem with that I'm, I'm, I'm certain but that's that's okay. Who who did that? What is? <laughs> Don't um, what you just do? It it kind of goes with um, what I was thinking, uh, just based on what Bridget said. I was going to tie it up uh, for myself. What I just posted was a poem done by uh, former punk singer Henry Rollins. It's called "I Know You." <clears throat> it's about nine minutes long. But there's a line in it that says, they mistake kindness for weakness. And wearing a mask these days, it helps to put people's minds at ease around you. And it's to me these days, as well as a gesture of protection, it's a gesture of kindness. 
to, to help allay the fears of people who are dancing on the razor's edge of, of full-blown panic. And if you try to extend a little bit of kindness to people, just, just okay, so it's a little imposition on yourself. But some people see that kindness as weakness. And that's really sad. That's, that's the world we live in these days. And it sucks. And I don't know if there's much we can do about it. I mean, the, the, the truest catharsis of all of this is for all of those people who yell and scream that this is all a hoax is for all of them to come down with it and basically not die, but come close enough that they experience the fear of the very God that they're screaming that this is, you know, vengeance for or something. Man, get sick and don't die from this thing. You want to talk about a razor's edge right now. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying is a lot of these people who say it's a hoax, it, it, it's like people who are so quick to label people of a, they're willing to label them a certain way. And you almost want to turn to them and say, dude or bitch, you have no grasp of what that label or what that suffering truly entails. Because if you did, you would not be so flippant with the subject matter. And yeah, kindness is not weakness. Kindness is actually the ultimate strength because it means that you're actually thinking of somebody other than yourself. And a lot of people have lost sight of that. It's true. It's, um, it's easy to, uh, it's easy to just lash out, be reactive. It, it's, it's, it's what we do. Reactions are you know, we, typically without any kind of real rational thought to it, sometimes without any thought at all. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I did see that um, uh, uh, Shauna was over there. Hi. It's, it's something that we've talked about that I've said, my country, for whatever stupid reason, is exceptionally good at just reacting not in a good way but just exceptionally good at being reactionary it's like a fucking art form here i know i know shut up it doesn't mean it's a good thing being tired from all this is probably one of the most rational things that we could be doing. It means we know that we need to rest. 
that the stuff has just been too much. There's nothing wrong with taking a break and just letting it go for a little while. It doesn't mean that you're not strong. It means that you value being able to go on again later. Whatever it is that you need to do to keep yourself going is the right thing to do. If you need to talk with somebody, find somebody worth talking to. If you are the type to just be quiet, be quiet. Maybe with somebody, but maybe you need to drink. I recommend Gatorade, but, you know, you do you. Just don't harm yourself, huh? And in my particular case, it works out good. I've been 15 years with having to deal with survivor's guilt. 15 very long years. I understand from these kinds of marathons. The bright side to me and my drinking... I don't like hard liquors. I like wine. But if I was to try to drink myself to being sick, we've already found out that in my particular case, that would be a liter and a half of wine in two hours. That's a lot of drink in you. Doesn't leave a lot of room for anything else. Well, it will eventually after you get into the shower and have that all taken care of, but I have no idea what we're talking about anymore. It doesn't really much matter. Don't overdrink on wine, especially wine that you like. It's a bad habit. Don't do that. And uh, that's a reference to my Uncle Bobby that literally nobody would get at this point. Don't worry about it. We gotta get done. We gotta get out of here. I said that I wanted to get out of here something resembling on time and look at that. I Not quite. It's good effort. Whatever. Anyway, we got to get out. Thank you, everybody. I really do appreciate you being with us. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives. And uh, hopefully you're using fewer tissues than I am tonight. Everybody that was over in the live chat tonight, thank you. Uh, Stephanie, TDTF, Shauna. Thank you. Hope you guys have uh, a, a decent enough week uh, ahead of you. With uh, with everybody, of course, as always, thank you. Joseph, you take care of yourself. Uh, I, I hope everything worked out well. You said that you were going to be back into work this week. Uh, I hope everything was all right for you. Yeah, I had to go in a couple times this week. But uh, yeah, from Monday onwards, uh, I'm going to be there every day. Not sure what's in wait for me, um, but uh, for the time being, <clears throat> well, people are going to be coming back progressively, I think. Hmm. But for the time being, I'm the only person in the IT department that's going to be there. So. Well, good luck with it all. I do wish you yeah. well. 
No worries. Bridget. Hey, you too. Take care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Appreciate it. Bridget, um, what can I say that I haven't already? You, uh, you take care of yourself and you know that we're around, huh? You've got things to do. You've got a, you've got a job of your own to do. Come on. Don't make me beat mm. it out of you. Well, um, you can find me on Facebook under Bridget Fitch or at my blog at BridgetFitch2112.wordpress. Can't talk. <laughs> BridgetFitch2112 at WordPress.com. And Beyond the Trailer Park is still on hiatus. I'm not sure for how long, but, you know, we'll see. No worries. But thank you, hon. You take care of yourself. Thank you. And Alan. Why the hell do we keep doing this to ourselves, man? Um, I'm going to say it's because I end up drinking coffee too late at night and I need something to do other than just stare at the ceiling in bed. Yeah, there's that. Maybe you and I should uh, start doing a uh, Stadler and Waldorf impersonations of our own. Maybe that maybe that'd go over. You know what's funny? I've been I've been looking for those to beef up certain shows that I do, but uh, some are good. Some I kind of look back and went, I actually laughed at that when I was a kid. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear it. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as always, pleasure to be here. And um, should have the episode up tomorrow on the audio version of this show over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. And for random consciousness streams, you can catch my blog over at inthewind.yo5.ca. And... And in the show notes, you will see information about... A new podcast I have started. Uh, basically, it is a writing podcast where I am, um, well, I'm basically reading the book that I wrote uh, many years ago. Uh, it's been re-edited, and I'm working on remastering it. And from that, it will actually spur me to keep going, and you can catch that. It's it's known as the Kick in the Cast over at kickit.yo5.ca. Episode 3 drops Monday. And thank you. And like it, like I said, uh, the information for that is in the show notes, so uh, folks can go ahead and look that up at their leisure. Mm -hmm. For myself, I'm tired. Like I said, it's um, next week is 15 years since my wife lost her fight. It is fair to say that this has been a marathon getting to this point. I did what I promised I would do. I would give our kid the best possible childhood growing up, as normal as possible. And I think I fulfilled. It's going to be going to college, assuming that college looks anything like what we remember. And, um, like I've told him for years, 
I don't know who he's going to become. I don't know what he's going to do. All I know is that he is a good person. I think that's a good starting off point, no matter what. So, everybody, take very good care of yourselves. All the information that you want for contact force is at uh, holycrapthevlogcast.com. The voice line, if you'd like to leave a message, is 859-HCTV-554, 859-4288-554. Keep that number handy. I don't remember if I mentioned about it, but I am going to see about reviving the format that Atheist On Air once had of having an actual streaming call-in show. I'm not going to be able to have anybody of, of the uh, of the hosts on with me simultaneously for technological reasons, but we're going to see if we can make Cash's vision live, thrive, and survive again. We'll see. So keep a keep a keep a lookout for that. So we will be back again next week. What that's going to look like right now is going to be a little uh, to be determined. But we'll be here for you. So, as always, until the next time we get together, everyone, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And... For 15 years, this has stayed with me every day. And as always, Matane Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Until the next time we get together, everyone. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.